Your ears do not deceive you. You've just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. This is Brian O'Neill, media editor for Comic Book Yeti and your host for this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner. Today, I'm speaking with Margaret Scott and Pablo Tunica. I hope I got both your names pronounced correctly there. Co-creators of the new young adult graphic novel trilogy, The Sea Serpent's Air from Skybound Comet, which is an imprint of Skybound and Image Comics focused on young adult and middle grade readers. Thank you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me start off by saying I absolutely love pirate stories. I love all kinds of pirate stories. When I was a kid, we had an illustrated version of Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island. I used to daydream about art smarting Ben Gunn and stealing all the treasure. So I was really excited to dive into this. And I really wish something like this had been around when, when I was younger. You know, kids today have so much access to so many great stories. Um, so this is a pirate story. So could you give the listeners basic beats of kind of the plot? Yeah, so... Um... Sea Serpent's Air is the story about a girl named Ayala who uh, lives on a boring little island in the middle of nowhere and dreams of adventure and to meet a knight in shining armor. And she does meet a knight in shining armor. It turns out he's been sent to kill her because she is the reincarnation of a sea serpent that's supposed to destroy the world. Uh, she finds out her mother is an evil pirate queen and uh, essentially it becomes this sort of crazy family road trip um, where you're desperately trying to get your mom from uh, killing the guy that you like. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, were you both fans of, of pirate stories uh, when you were growing up, or was that just a great yeah. narrative vehicle? No, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know, uh, Margaret, but uh, I, I, uh, I used to read, uh, read uh, like you said, Stevenson and uh, Jack London. Or uh, I, I really, really like a book, uh, a Howard Pyle book. You know, the, the illustrator, Howard Pyle? Well, mm -hmm. he, 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 he brought two books, a very long book. One about the, um, the legends of the round table with some illustrations. And another one about pirates. You know, it's Blackbeard, it's uh, Henry Morgan. It's uh, there, there, there. Uh, all the pirates, all the, all the important pirates are there. So uh, I, I got this book when I was uh, really a teen, and I, I was uh, blown away. And I always loved the sea. All the books I draw have the sea in it. So when Margaret uh, came to me and, and asked me if I want to do this book, because that was the way she, she came and, and, and asked me. I was, uh, wow, not fortunately uh, a pirate book, but it's, uh, it's not only a pirate's book, you know, it's not only that. Okay, it has have this kind of uh, initiation uh, like uh, Stevenson's uh, Treasure Island, no? When you're a young kid and you have an initiation in, in, in the adventure, but uh, it's also a, a fantasy book. It's very strange we what we did. I, I don't know Margaret's Mar brain how how it works. <laughs> uh, it is a, a it's hard fantasy, you know, more like Ursula uh, Kalegin, or I don't know how to say it well in English, but um, Ertzi. No, you know the saga Ertzi. Ursula Yeah, well, I, I I see a lot of that in 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 our. In our in our, our books. But Margaret, you want to say something, please? Oh, I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever compared me to Ursula Le Guin. I'm blushing. <laughs> um, no, I grew up, uh, it's funny because I, I was on sort of a pirate kick at the time because, you know, I'd been a big fan of Black Sails and went back and read Treasure Island. But I grew up on a lot of sort of, um, not specifically pirates, but like sort of fantasy adventure things. Like um, I was completely in love with the uh, the Dinotopia series, you know, and um, like, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're sort of written as this father and son crash on this island where it turns out dinosaurs are still alive. And like, mm -hmm. it's just beautifully illustrated um, and written as if it's someone's journal. Um, and then, you know, I uh, 
there was a crud there. I was, I watched all the sort of like Xena warrior princess shows. Um, there was even a, was it, it wasn't land before time land of the lost. I watched land of the lost all the time. Yeah. The TV series. I loved that <laughs> show. Um, and so, yeah. So as a kid, I just always loved the sort of like, we're going on a big adventure um, into like a big magical world. And I just, the idea of like going on a sea adventure felt so cool. And like something you could only really do in comics, you know, that I, that's, that's where we ended up. Plus, plus I liked the idea that it, it's sort of like this road trip that like, you can't, you can't get out of the car, you know, it's so much fun that like you're kind of stuck there. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about sort of your transition from doing television writing, you know, you got your BA in, in TV writing and I love hearing about the, everyone's journey into comics. You know, sometimes those leaps are really far, but in your case, that's, that's not too far because it seems like that connection with young adult middle grade oriented animated TV shows working on known properties like GI Joe and transformers is great, but they're very structured. And Sea Serpent's error is a little bit chaotic, cer- certainly in a good way. Yeah, you know, no, it's very, it's very yeah. sort of rolling around. Yeah. So were you craving kind of starting something from scratch kind of on your own? Yeah, I guess in the sense of a lot of my work up until that point, because I work for brands, is about sort of like digging into a part of a world that hasn't been explored yet. Um, and I was kind of really craving the idea of like, I love an original star Wars when Luke goes to meet Obi-Wan Kenobi and Obi-Wan says like, Oh, I knew your dad in the clone wars. Oh, okay. And then they just move along. Like, and you kind of, you never learn what the clone wars are, or that's just the thing that gets dropped. And like the universe sort of keeps going. Um, and I really wanted to build a world because I feel like there's so much writing where everything has to be explained and everything has to be drilled down in perfectly and like everything gets sort of exhausted. And I wanted this kind of like big open feeling, you know, where we like, um, like we were drawing the map and Pablo just started like putting like different locations on the map. And it's like, Oh, that sounds great. Like that we'll throw that up there. I wanted, I wanted something like Dinotopia where you, you just got pieces of this world and you got a really good story, but the, something you could daydream in, but like you could live in and, and explore your own corner of the world. So we tried to really hard to make it feel like a full real world um, for the reader. Oh, just, just really, it's not like a Narnia, no, C.S. Lewis. It's not like how you said, no, it's not like a, these kids now in the wardrobe and, and suddenly in, in another world. No, it's more like uh, Aela. Uh, the, the, <laughs> Aela, it's, it's, uh, it's inserted in this world, but she knows how it works. You know, she knows magic. She, she knows how to uh, uh, move. Even in the little island, she lives Kinnaman. Uh, so it's different in that way from Dinotopia, because mm-hmm. Dinotopia, they they, they uh, have a how, how you say when the, the boat is uh, crashed and how you yeah say they're castaways or shipwrecked yeah. yeah so they don't know anything about the island Dinotopia so they have to learn and and this is not the case it's more like you said in Star Wars it's more like well you're reading and you maybe you don't know what what the hell is, uh, you're reading? Because you know, there's a lot of names. There's a church with, uh, uh, you know, uh, a church w- w- that we don't know. It's a real, um, how, how I say it? It's a, a real re- religion. It's a, it's mm-hmm. something more like a, a strange cult uh, that you you have a, I don't know, sorry for my, Terrible English, but uh, you you have a, a, a world that it's alive. You see, and uh, I, I well, that's one of the things when I start to draw that uh, 
let me, uh, you know, uh, get away with my thing, with imagination. Because I, 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 I put a lot of, uh, I don't know, things that comes, uh, for example, all the, the wardrobes of, of the people are not only, there are not, not only a pirate thing. They came from, you know, this, this sensation of yours like L.A. Wind, no? uh, this artsy no? uh, stories. So it's, it's very strange how you, you work with that. It's, it's alive. It's alive before it's breathing. You know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, uh, the the dining utopia stuff is, is a fantastic reference point for me because I had Waterfall City, the the print of that on my wall as a kid. I saved up for I don't know five months to just be able to buy that print, and I remember how vivid the you know that sparked my imagination. And and this story, you know, does things in the same way. I know Pablo, you you've been working on some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff, um, and looking at through that. It has this this touch of Mobius and uh, Miyazaki influences in it. So you know you just kind of reference it. But what what were some of your touchstones, kind of creating visually this very lush world? De- definitely Moebius, definitely, and, and Miyazaki too. Yeah, the, it's uh, and and they are like uh, brothers, you know, in in, in some mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, but um, I, I, I used to work, I, I, I still work with uh, the French market. So uh, I, my books, before I, I start working in USA, I, I did a lot of books in France. And because that's what I wanted to do. But because uh, I, I felt that it was a, you have more liberty. I, I, I don't know. I don't know uh, freedom. I don't know how to, to explain it better. But uh, I I was seeing the the American books like uh, if you don't get something on vertigo, vertigo, you know, you have to draw superheroes, and I can draw superheroes, and I'm I'm dying when i have to draw a fight <laughs> and there's a lot of fighting in, in this these two books two three books well um but yes it's uh it's european and uh, argentinian and italian you no know, um uh, how you say influence you no know, um, in, in my yeah, work i think I, we're I a lot more see that uh, easily you no know? because um and there's manga too yeah, it's well, manga is inescapable. Like its footprint right now in comics is absolutely huge. And Pablo, I want to thank you for including clouds in this story. The the background <laughs> is one of the things I I really really enjoy. It's it's very very lush. I know that sounds strange, but you know, lots of comics have moved away from that that textured lush you know environmental background, which adds so much you know richness to the story. So thank you for doing that. It's really beautiful. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I always joke that we're a lot more Jim Henson than Jim Lee um, in our art style. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I'm I sort of having you know trouble saying this with a straight face because it's so much it encapsulates so much. But how did how did you know Margaret convince you you know to team up doing this coming of age story about a girl with a demon in her that takes the form of this massive sea dragon whose mom's a pirate queen. And all of her aunts are badasses, right? So, so how did you get on board of this? Well, it's it's strange because well, they, they brought me, you know, uh, uh, Margaret and, and John. John, I don't, I never, never knew how to pronounce Moisen. Not last name, Misen. Okay, John Misen, uh, who was the editor till a few months ago. Um, and and they brought me and, and asked me if I I wanted to do this and and I uh, the first uh, first thing I I draw it was uh, too childish, no I I didn't under, understood um, the the idea in the first place in the first uh, in the first uh, read, you know uh, I did something very childish uh, but uh, which I like but it was very childish. 
And and Mar had told me, no, no, it, this is uh, for a grown-up people. It's not like <laughs> we are doing something for kids. So I, I had to change the style or and, 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 and had to change the idea of Aela because I, I, my Aela was uh, a white and redhead. You know, it, it was more like a, a very, very classic stereotype of, of a pirate story. And and uh, no no she has to be more like uh, from India from some somewhere from Malaysia no you know mm-hmm. some somewhere more uh, exotic you see it's not like a, an Irish uh, pirate it's more like a Sandokan I don't know if you know Sandokan mm-hmm. Sandokan it's a very very famous uh, book uh, about pirates. Um, and uh, well, and 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 I, I, I just uh, went. I got, got uh, I, I fell in love with the with the idea, with the story, and and especially I want to say this: we we have. I I don't know if you remember, but we have a prologue in the book. The prologue was done after uh, uh, s- several chapters. I I don't know how many, but. It was done. Uh, we finished after- the first book, and then we wrote the prologue. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. We, so uh, uh, we, uh, well, I believe that th- that is one of the best things in the book because it's mysterious how it how it's written. It has a song, you know, a pirate shanty, you know, something something like that, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 legend legends no and it's dreamy and it's a uh, little, little like little nemo no it's more uh it's it's dreamy and uh that was uh like for me uh, when when i finished the first book that was for me like the day this is this is this is what we are doing no this like the 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 voice of this prologue it's what we are doing no, and and I believe that the voice that Margaret wanted for the book, you you can say if it, this is okay, Margaret, uh, it's uh, certainly in the prologue. It's yeah, it's, no. it's scary. It's it's you know it's not only it's it's scary. It's, it's scary that the prologue, you know, with the darkness and the sea and uh, and 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 this legend, you can't understand. You you. Even you can't understand it, even if you read the whole book, you know. Uh, so, sorry, I let you. No, no the, the, I, go ahead. It, it was so interesting doing the prologue after the first book because it felt like we had really like found something beautiful and like found something special. And it's so funny because like we were going on. And I was talking to John about like which artists should we use and stuff. And we had gotten a few different samples. And uh, I was right. I think I was writing Batgirl at the time. Maybe, maybe a little. I was writing a lot of superhero comics, you know. So that's what I was used to looking at. And I got your pages in, and I was like, "Well, this doesn't look like a superhero comic. I don't think this is going to work." And then I thought about, and I went to sleep, and I was like, "Well, we didn't find anyone. I'm not sure." And I woke up. And I realized that I couldn't stop thinking about what you'd drawn. And I realized that, like, it wasn't, it was like what you said, where you were like, it wasn't what I expected. But, like, after I went to bed and woke up again, I realized that, like, it couldn't be anything else, that that was it, that that was what she had to look like. You know, and so I was like, okay, do it again, but don't make it, you know, it's not for kids. It's darker, darker, meaner, you know, like, but I was like, this is it because it, I thought, I think it's funny. Cause you say that you you drew like too young. I, I was thinking about it at first. I think I was thinking about it, like the story, but your work, you know, like a fairy tale, you know, but your work was so human and our, your characters are so beautifully human and it felt so real that it really as we went along I feel like working with you your art always 
as fantastical it is, it always grounds me back into them being real people and the world feeling real and lived in. And, you know, um, just so much more ownable for whoever's reading it. And, you know, it's like, it's one of the things that we talked about, like, like with Ayala's design is I wanted her, cause this is a fantasy world, mm-hmm. you know, she could be anyone. And it was like, I want as many little kids as possible. We tried to make her a little ambiguous in terms of, I wanted as many little kids as possible to think of themselves as being able to be Ayala, you know? And so it's like, well, we know she lives on the coast. She's going to have more of a suntan and we'll give her sort of more medium brown hair and stuff like that. <laughs> we wanted, we wanted her to feel universal, you know, and for her to feel like anyone could read it and think like, Oh, that's going to be me. I'm going to go on the, uh, the next pirate adventure. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting hearing you, you talk about doing the prologue afterwards. Cause I'm trying to imagine it without it. Um, and it would not have worked anywhere near as well because <laughs> It's it's so immediately immersive, and that's what I really really enjoyed. You you are you're bought in, you you know what it is um, from the jump, and it, it creates kind of its own mythology very very quickly. Um, that's one of the things that I was curious about. You know, be, with your animated series background, it it resonated. I felt through the panels. It's kind of hard to quantify exactly, um, but there's a lot more exposition that's like visually packed into to each illustration um which i think is why the world building happens so quickly you know that you don't have a lot of wasted space and you avoided kind of panel breaks which is now so common and especially what you'd see in in the big two so so kind of how did you want to go about that construction with the panels and the layouts and and how did you how did you both do that well part of it was is that i always want 10 pounds of story in a five pound sack. So sure. <laughs> I I almost never, I have to make myself do splash page. Every issue I write, I, I set aside two pages for splash pages and I almost never get even one. Um, <laughs> and so a lot of it was me sort of being like, Pablo, this is what I think should happen. But as long as this happens, we're going to be okay. So whatever you want to do, that's fine. Especially because like, as we went on, you would bring all these great artistic influences from like, you know, you recognize like fashion from like the Italian Renaissance and we'd recognize fashion from, uh, you know, like we pulled designs from um, North African buildings and trying to figure out just to make this really feel like a real world um, there's not in volume one, but in volume two, there's like a suit of armor shaped like an ant that I was thought was so cool. <laughs> um, but so that, I don't know, that's my, uh, I, I feel like it quickly became that I would write things and then give them to Pablo and just say, do, do better than me. Um, and <laughs> then we'd get art and it would be beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I, mean, I believe that's that's one of the uh, sorry, but that's one of the the, the best things about uh, making this book. Because, for example, there is a I, I don't remember the name right now. Uh, the, this uh, the character, the oh, uh, Nix, the, the wizard, the the one, oh, the, Kiana. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. The the, the evil wizard. You when when she take out the oh. mask. Yeah, You're, I, I made it a mask, you know. Don't spoil uh, it. the rice, and and she take uh, the mask, and has no eyes, has only holes. You remember that? That was creepy. Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, uh, it's in the first book. I, I I don't remember, but it's in the first book. It's in the first book. Yeah, it's in the, it's first, in the first book. book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and, I knew when that happened. I was like, "Oh, this is special! Like, this looks really cool." <laughs> no, no, but, but you you draw me to it because I, I was I was reading this about the the charge of the sun, first sun and the sun mm-hmm. and the sun and, and well, the sun. You know, it gonna eat your eyes. You know, if you're a fanatic, it's gonna eat your eyes. You know, so these people so so fanatic in in our story. Oh, that's such a good point. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, just, I thought you did. Yeah. 
Elaborate. Yeah, of course she doesn't have eyes because they burned out looking at the sun. That's oh, that's so cool. This is the great thing about comics. Is you find something more like between the two of you, you get to pass off this thing and then it becomes something more than either of you thought. Yeah, I want to know between two people. It's uh, that's that's uh, I believe the, the the marvel between two people. It's uh, you know, uh, but you have to work not like uh, only you you have to follow the script, but you have to uh, you you have to understand what it's it sets behind the script. So it's. Uh, I, I really like Marhard uh, writing. It's uh, it's amazing, and it's like a, a pure inspiration that way. Because it, I, it 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 lets me to do anything I want, uh, anything I I can imagine. With, but with you know the elements, there, there are these elements in the, in the script that if you it's some sorry for my bad English, but if you have uh, this kind of uh, you know the, this uh, when you throw the runes or mm-hmm. fortune telling, mm-hmm. okay, it's something like that. You know, it, you throw the runes and you see an image, no, and it's like that. You read the script and and you see an image, an image behind the script, but it's already there, no. Obviously, it works di- different with different uh, artists and different writers. But you you see something. You're not only it's not only a translation of from the script. Uh, it's uh, a comic. It's a whole thing. No, it's a sorry. I I, I always uh, have that this this terrible terrible body English, and and I can't uh, when I have to have have to be eloquent. I, it's a problem, but <laughs> oh, never apologize. I, I mean, your your excitement for the project is coming across, and it's it's absolutely fantastic. I love it. You know, you guys have some some secret sauce going on there, um, and even in the the color palette, which I thought was really really interesting, um, lending itself to more of that throwback or or like a classic vibe, like the story has been around for ages. You know, because there's there's almost what I would describe as a tungsten like overlay that you know adds a blue cast to everything that makes it feel even more wet so you know how did you use color to kind of help tell the story you wanted to tell that's a question for me but uh, it's a uh, um, I, uh, I I've been seeing uh, a lot of uh, artists uh, uh, you know like impressionists because uh, especially you have to draw the sea and the sky, and uh, if you go to the impressionist, they always draw skies, you know, you know, and landscapes. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I, I I I didn't get well with the fans with when I drew Ninja Turtles because I wanted to draw landscapes with the tiny turtles walking. And no, no, they they wanted to. Well, the turtles fighting—it's obvious, you know. But <laughs> I, I I really like uh, that Sisley, for example. It's a painter, Sisley, you know, or Turner. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Turner. But um, I I got all the palettes. Uh, I always get it from a, a, a painting. I don't use uh, comics. I don't use. Uh... That was your question. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like. It was, that's part of the secret sauce of this book. That is one of the things that makes it to me very, very instantly recognizable and, and very memorable um, is that the, the color choices struck me as, as very, very different than, than most of what I read. And I, I read probably three issues of comics a day. So this is something that will definitely stick with me for a while as being very visually distinct, not just because of the the environments and and the the textures of it, but it makes a lot of sense what you're talking about with using more you know landscapes for reference because that that was one of the things that I'm seeing you know especially you know, a scene with a ship and the seas and you, it's just so lush and I'm 
I'm, I'm just not quite used to, to seeing that, especially in something that's more designed for, you know, kind of the non-adult reader, if you will. But I, I believe the, the, the script wanted, it's uh, like, uh, wanted that. It's more, you, you need to draw the city. You, you need to draw the town. You need to draw uh, anything you can make, anything that can make believable this world. You see, because I believe there's a lot of atmosphere in, in the text and, and, and in, the, in the art. So I, I, that's, that's a thing I wanted to ask Margaret, maybe, well, not, not in, in, in a podcast, but. Um, if Go for it. You, if you if you if you made uh, uh, some like reference, you know, like notes with what kind of uh, um, architect architecture or, or what kind of period of time you wanted all the places in in, in the map, or even if you draw a map before you <laughs> you start to to develop the the the, the, yeah. the final script. Yeah, so um, we, especially in the beginning, I had a whole Pinterest board um, where we put references for, for everything. I tried to find, especially because um, in my comics, I, I've done a lot of comics based in history, you mm -hmm. know? And so I used to give people reference images for everything that we could think of. So it'd be as historically accurate as possible. Um, but for this book, because it was a fantasy world, I tried to pull references and to see basically where they, where they intersected, you know? Um, so like for characters, well, for the characters' outfits, well, if your characters live on ships, how do people, like, how do sailors in, um, you know, sort of mm, 18th century China, what do they wear that's like African <laughs> sailors, that's like Mediterranean sailors? Where do we see crosses? Like, where do we see things link up? Um, if you have cities on, I tried to find different cities that would were on the coast and it's like, this is near a war motion and it, you see some of the same kind of architecture here. So I tried to find points where different cultures had agreement, you know, like for example, a lot of people, if you work on a ship, you want uh, a tight shirt and you want looser pants, but that are tight around the legs or around the knees you know, because you're working with ropes and you see that kind of shape again and again in fashion. Um, and so I tried to find those spots or like cities that are built on the coast are often built on a hill. So you'll often have like a, a road going up the hill, the way people design the buildings, they often have like, a, you know, sort of like slightly thicker walls or things like that to keep them insulated against that sort of like early morning damp. And so, yeah, so that's because we were building sort of a whole new world. I, tr I wanted it to feel real. So I tried to find things in the real world, but that didn't exactly mirror each other. I didn't want it to be like Game of, I, look, I love Game of Thrones. I didn't want it to feel like, oh, that culture is France. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's 16th century France, but yeah. with like a different name. You know, I wanted these cultures to feel familiar, like they could exist, but like, they didn't quite land on one spot. So they felt like their own. Yeah. It, it had a cross-cultural pollination feel to me. Like it was, you know, some, one of those, one of those places that's, it could have some Asian influence, but it's like European Africa, you know, Morocco, you know, where, where cultures definitely, there's a confluence, if you will, of cultures in, in the book. Um, well, and it's supposed to be the best pirate crew in the world. So I wanted the crew to feel like they came from different parts of this world, you know, so they don't dress the same. Um, they don't style their hair the same. I wanted these people to feel like, you know, we had traveled far and wide and found the best people in, in the whole world and brought them together. Yeah, I was I was curious, too, about so the composition of, of the, the crew, if you will, um, Ayla's aunts. For, for lack of a better way of putting it, um, it, it's just a group of, of total women badasses, right? Yeah, well, so. I was about to say that when, when I was reading and I was drawing, I, I never 
thought about it. And suddenly, I was, I, I don't know, in chapter five, this is a woman crew. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I realized this is woman crew. I, I didn't realize it in the, in the first place. Like, it, it was very strange because it's not imposed or anything. It's like, well, this is a, a woman crew, you know, w- w- woman crew. It's very yeah, it's, it's... But it's because it's a family. It's more like a family thing. Okay, I'm going to be really honest. I come from a big family on my dad's side. And all <laughs> when you get into a family, for a family gathering, all your uncles wander away and drink beer and talk to each other. And all your aunts sit together and decide your life. <laughs> and they sit there and they talk about you like you're not there unless they're telling you how you're not living your life the way they think that you should live your life. <laughs> and then they argue with each other. And that's how kind of my, God, I hope my aunts never hear this podcast. Um, but like, that's, that was sort of the family for me. And so I liked the idea that in this pirate crew, you know, Ayala lives with these aunts and sort of, they're always arguing about what she should do. And they all have a different idea of what she should do. But there is that sense of like, you're a kid and we're the grownups and we will now decide your life amongst us. Like that. Cause that, I don't know. Yeah. There was, <laughs> cause that was, that was my family. Mine too. And I hate to tell you, your answer, the core demographic of this podcast. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. yeah it, it really stuck out to me because the, the most notable male characters were a soldier and a carpenter, just very, very basic, you know, by comparison to these very strong female characters. And I've interviewed quite a few women in comics recently who grew up without much character representation. So it, it certainly, certainly feels intentional. You know, I wasn't thinking about it that much, I guess. I, I wasn't a conscious I, I, I disagree. Sorry, Margaret, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I disagree. Because it was, if I, if I, uh, I realized that in 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 the chapter five when when I was drawing it, it it's natural. It's not a, it was not imposed, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like she if she had meddling uncles, it would feel a little different. And I know that's not everyone's family, but yeah, that was just I was just writing. Uh, I just felt right. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. It's a perfect pocket. I mean, it. it um, but you, you felt you felt you felt it was imposed. You you felt that. Oh, uh, yeah. I no no not no, me. no. I mean, not oh, asking Byron. I'm, ask, I'm asking uh, Brian. Brian. Byron. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. So, so what I'm was the question? Brian, you felt when when you read it, read it. Uh, it, it, that it, it was imposed because I believe it's very natural how how this um, crew of women uh, actually appears. It's really natural. Yeah, it, it feels right. It doesn't feel forced. Well, I, I, don't don't I don't know. No, it doesn't feel in any way forced. It's um, it's something that I'm more cognizant of, and I guess it, it could be that I'm just I'm just looking for it. <laughs> Um, because I have been interviewing more women. It's something that I want to bring light to is more women in comics. Um, so I had a, an interview very recently with somebody who's a, a New York Times bestselling author. And that's one of the things that she was talking about was how growing up, she was in a big family. All the rest of brothers, you know, she had five siblings, I think, and they were all boys. So she grew up in this household without much representation. Um, and I, I think this is whether it was like intentional or not, it definitely um, reads as a story that is is very empowering and to to have a strong young female character, which I think we need more of in comics. Yeah, it was. Um, it's funny, which is really funny because I I a lot of this story is based around my son. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I pitched this story when I was pregnant with my son. And I just found out I was going to have a boy. And I don't know anything about boys. I didn't grow up with boys. I don't, you know, I just have one, the one sister. And it felt like this whole new thing that I didn't know what to do about. And I started thinking about how, (laughs) 
I started thinking about like, what are you supposed to do and what are you supposed to be? And when I got pregnant and I thought like, oh, I'll have a girl because, you know, I have a sister and that's just what it'll be. And I know exactly what to do. And then all of a sudden I found out I'm having a boy and I, I had no idea what to do. I didn't know what he was supposed to be. Um, and so it sort of became this idea of who are you, what are you supposed to be, you know, and the story of this kid who is someone that she's not supposed to be like she's fighting against what she's supposed to be. And there's always this pressure. There's this constant pressure in the story that people decide and sort of be who they're supposed to become um, as opposed to who, what they really want to become. No one stops to think, well, just what do you want to be? Um, so yeah, so it's kind of funny that I started this with, yeah, there's so many women in this book, but at its heart, this book was sort of, I guess, me talking to my son and like, I don't know what you're supposed to be as a little boy, <laughs> but. Well, we have, we have in the, in the well, well, I don't know if we can say this because it's a little spoiler, but in the second book, uh, Margaret, uh, uh, brought uh, a villain. Well, it's not really a villain because it's, uh, it's not really... Antagonist. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an antagonist, but uh, she has his, you know, his, his reason. So it, it was uh, an, another woman, a woman, you know, and, uh, and I drew it like a child, but it's not a child. You, you remember this, no? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I draw it like a child, but it's really not a child. She, she can't be a child, or sorry, but she looks like a child. And um, and I I I, I was uh, thinking about that. How uh, you 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 can uh, in in a way you you with, without uh, in an unconscious way you can. Uh, deliver uh, this kind of things to the story because uh, for example i i drew ayla's hair behind the, i don't know how to say this story oh <laughs> i don't know how you say this part her armpit hair yeah behind the you know yeah yeah i i draw her because she, she's a pirate she's in 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 a boat in the sea and she yeah has, she's not shaving right okay makes sense not shaving. no so uh, uh, I I I think that the, this uh, idea of uh, a group of women, a very very big group of women, and so um, it's more like a, it's more like a, a family situation when you have uh, all the family gather for for a, a celebration or something. It's more something like that. You you don't go better with someone and uh, you you don't get how, how you say that you don't get well with somebody and then get along get along uh, but you maybe get along with another one so it's more like the, the ship it's uh, a house uh, there is a there is a poem Fronceda, uh, um, uh, spanish poet uh, that says, uh, well, I, I don't know. If I, I, I'm going to try with this terrible English to translate the, the, the four verse uh, of the poem, but it's like more um, that my boat is my treasure. My boat is my treasure. My law is the wind. I can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> I was, no, it's I was okay. Trying. It's okay. I, maybe, maybe, maybe I can do it if I think a little for the for the uh, the ending of the podcast. Okay. Well, you'll have to send me the link. I'll put it in the show notes so we can we can reference it. Okay. What's the hardest thing you've had to draw so far with this story? Uh, fightings. It's it's impossible because uh, all the all the 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 books I. I I draw are always uh, books about uh, something uh, without that kind of action. And uh, it was hard with the, the turtles and, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's, har it's harder, but it's uh, very satisfying 
with uh, this uh, this book because um, the, I don't know the fightings are very very strange and Margaret brought bright it. She she explained it in the script. She 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 she's uh, very strange because she never uh, said uh, says um, do what you want. She she exp of course she she let me do what I want, but she put uh, you know well Ayla is falling and there's something and there it's a punch and there's something else. And uh, it's a, that that was the hard thing, uh, the, the the fighting. And the other thing, but I that there's there's that's that's a, a thing I loved. It's uh, you know the world building uh, when you have to create, a, 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 for example, a town, but you have to draw it in a particular way. You have to pick the 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 the, the square. No, I don't know in, in English how you say vignette. Yeah, in yeah. English. No, that's right. Yep. Okay. Uh, you have to pick, you know, the camera or anything after you design everything. So that was hard too, but that's for me, it's the, one of the most uh, uh, great, uh, I don't know how to say it, grateful. No, um, more. Um, Gratifying? Sorry, sorry. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to to do my best. <laughs> no, you're, you're doing great. You're doing great. I mean, no, you, you there are very, 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 very um, uh, uh, complicated concepts to 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 put yeah. it out in, in another uh, language. You know, but uh, I don't well, make. I don't make life easy. The one thing I try and do is I always say, like, you can throw this out. Well, because I used to write, anim because I still write animation, um, whenever I write a fight, I, I can see every piece of it, you know? And so I don't want people to waste time. Wonder I never just want to write they fight, you know, and have the artist wondering, what is this supposed to look like? So sure. I always try and break things down as clearly as I can. And like, these are the important moments, but if you want to do something else, this is what needs to happen. This person needs to win. This person needs to lose. And at this point, someone has to get stabbed here, you know, but I, yeah, I try, I do break it up in a very sort of like a very technical way. And then of course I always throw something weird where it's like, and someone's casting a spell and the spell is a cat, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a cat that electrocutes you and it kills you. Like, <laughs> well, speaking of weird, and this is just my own curiosity, if you can elaborate, what exactly is Nyx? Nyx, Nyx is when <laughs> I knew that Pablo was smarter than me because in the script, Nyx is a cat. Um, was it supposed to be a cat with porcupine quills because I thought like, oh, ships, cats, you know, that kind of thing. It'll be the cute thing. And then Pablo was like, what if I made it a crab and I was like, but it's supposed to be cute. And he was like, it'll be cute. And I'm like, it's not going to be cute. But then I saw it and I was like, it's super cute. He's totally well, cute. Again, it's adorable. He's so adorable. I love well, him so he, much. He acts like a cat in a way. He does, he, yeah. He acts like, a little like a cat. So, yeah, no, he still, yeah, he still acts like a cat. But that was, that was when I was like, I never would have thought to make him a one-eyed crab monster. And he's perfect. <laughs> Because in terms of marketing, Nyx will sell much better as a figurine, as, yeah. as the, the, the crab light thing, than, than the porcupine cat, let me tell you. Because I would buy one of those for my desk in a heartbeat. He's adorable. Yeah. Oh, I would love one of those. Yeah, no, it's he's a great little character. And that that's the wonderful thing about when you get someone cool to work with in comics, is it's you you send out the script. And then you're just like, oh, I wonder what it's going to look like when it comes back. And it's like you get a whole new story, not a whole new story, but it's like you get a whole new layer and things you didn't expect when they come back. And then I have to go back. And it's like, oh, I'm going to tweak this dialogue and this dialogue to like match the this cool art. Most of the time I just spend cutting my dialogue because I write too much dialogue. Um, 
This and is what I'm your editors like, tell you. I, I believe. Well, I can't block the, the art. No, but I believe the the the, the dialogue. It, it's one of your strengths. It's uh, it's uh, the dialogues are really really good, really amazing, and they are not like uh, a stereotype dialogue. Mm. It's a very strange and 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 profound dialogue. Even with kids, with with uh, teens, you know, we have uh, two teens. Like uh, uh, you, it's one of your strengths, Margaret. Thanks. Well, that's and that's one of the funny things is I didn't pitch this as a YA book, and we actually there, we never did anything about this to 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 make it YA, quote unquote. Until I think the only thing we did was I took out some swear words. When they said it was going to be why I had because they're pirates, so I had some very colorful swearing. Inevitable, sure, so makes sense. I had to take out some of. I kept some of them, but I I took out some of them, and then they made us on the cover like the character had a knife, and then Amazon was like, "You can't have a knife on the cover of a YA book," and I grumbled for days. Yeah, another reason to hate Amazon, um, unless yeah, but, that's how you but, buy this book. <laughs> but Alex, Alex, uh, our editor right now. It told me something that it's. Uh, I believe it's. Um, it's. It's very. It's a very good uh, observation because he said, if she doesn't have the knife in the cover, you don't know if she is confronting or accepting the, the this uh, serpent. This this uh, like huge serpent. No. That is some grade A editor bullshit. It like, really is. He's, <laughs> That's he's so right. good. But yes, no, but yeah, it makes it so much more interesting and also lets us sell it on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> told you that? That's fantastic. You're, you're not missing anything with, I can tell you, I have a teenager and like this would, this would work really, really well with him because they can smell out something that is inauthentic. You know, and and not for them when they have, when you tr if you try to 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 circumvent those things, like they are the best lie detectors ever. <laughs> uh, I once had a six year old come to my signing and call one of the cartoons I wrote pandering. Wow. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, I, I, she's like, what Transformer show did you write?" And I forgot which one it was. Let's say Robots in Disguise. Um, but I was like, "Oh, I wrote that," and she's like, "That one's pandering." I was like, okay, nice to meet you too. Here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Have your signed book, kid. Yeah, right? No, kids are brutal. My son, my son watched an episode I wrote. He's like, I like this other one better <laughs> to my face. Like, I love that. That's, that's the one nice thing is that when, when kids tell you they like something, you know, they really mean it because they just, adults will pretend to like things, but kids just don't have the time. For sure. I really do like your book. It is 100% genuine. <laughs> Thank you. So with the with the graphic novel formatting, which I think works really well, by the way, for this, was that something you had always intended, you know, kind of over a monthly sort of serial format? Well, we knew we'd originally thought it was going to be uh, we were going to release in, in issues. And so that's why it has the chapters, yeah. um, although it's kind of nice having chapters. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of the size, Pablo, I guess that's a question for you. Did you, did they talk about putting it in digest size early or? No, I didn't understand it in the first, uh, um, at the beginning, I didn't understand because it, it was going to be a maxi series, you know, it's going to be <laughs> a like, but, uh, with issues. But I, I, I believe it, it works better like uh, a graphic novel. And it, since we knew that, we start to work like more like a graphic novel. Yeah. Thing. You know, you, you don't have money shots. You don't have a... It's more like a, a nuance. Nuance is okay to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, but... Originally, image Skybound uh, wanted to be uh, this story with issues. I prefer that this story it's uh, published in, in a graphic novel, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I really liked his graphic novel. 
yeah, I can absolutely say from the teenager perspective, knowing a little bit about it, like they love to have things in that chunk where they can just sit and absorb it all and like not have to wait for monthly. So yay, publisher. Great decision. Um, oh, and, and it's a kind of toy, you know, a book, it's it's a little thing like a toy. So you, when when you have it, you you want the book. You want to, fetishism, you, you, it's okay to say? Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, so you want the book, you want the, the book, all the pages. We have, we put it, uh, we put uh, the map, at the at the end of the book and a little uh, carnet uh, carnet um, how you say the sketchbook or carnet or something mm-hmm. like yeah, that sure. yep so uh, it, it it works i believe it works so much better than issues issues because you can flip through else. it mm-hmm. yeah you can it lets you like i i remember like uh reading manga digests as a kid and like you would read it in 20 minutes, but then you would reread it and then reread it and you get to go back and you just look at the fashion, you know, or just look at the, you get to appreciate the art a little more. And I feel like when you put out single issues, you feel more like, Oh, I got the story. I'm moving on, you know, where graphic novels, I feel like invite you to like sit with the art a little more, sit with the story, sit with the world a little longer. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, well, I've kept you guys long enough here. Before you go, I want to touch on art as a hustle. Um, I've been in arts 25 plus years myself, um, interviewing a lot of people. Um, so I wanted to get both your nugget or, or advice, inspiration for people out there who are listening, who are aspiring artists or writers. You can start, Marvin. Oh, okay. um... If you are an aspiring comic book writer, the most important thing you have to prove is that you can keep making work. Everyone thinks they can write a comic until they have to turn in the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. So anything you can do in your writing, even if it's just I write fan fiction and I put out a new chapter every Wednesday, you know, to show that you can keep doing it on a regular schedule was the most important thing to prove. Um, I'd also say the most important thing for me to remember is that uh, you already don't work for anyone. There's this big fear about like approaching, or for me, there was a big fear about approaching for companies. You know, I was like, oh, what if they don't like me? You know, and my husband would say like, we would go to comic book conventions and he would say like, I'm not leaving this booth until you talk to an editor. You know, and I'm like, well, what if they don't like me? And he's like, they already don't hire you. You are already, you already do not work there. Like you're at the bottom. You cannot go any lower. So just try it. Start asking questions. It takes a while to get there. The job is sort of the end of the journey, but um, there's so much, people have so much fear, you know, that to even start, that it's just, just start. They can't hurt you. You know, they're not going to mace you or something or, or blacklist you. There's no such, that doesn't exist. Like just, just start asking questions and, and trying to make work and be consistent about it. Pablo? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Margaret, but I am uh, terrible with deadlines. So, but, uh, but, uh, what I believe is that you have to read uh, a lot, a lot of comics. You have to read a lot of comics, but you have to read so much else. Mm-hmm. You, you, if you if you stay in comics, you don't you you can you can't bring anything new, anything strange, anything particular to the comics. You see, so you have to read anything else than comics. Even if you read a, 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 a book about cooking, you know, about, uh, uh, I don't know, about uh, minery in, 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 in the 8th century, 18th century, uh, you have to wrap 
those things and or or, or or you know see paintings or see movies or a- anything but especially read novels because you can grab from there to put it in the comic if you only read comics you're gonna end like wildcats you know it's um, uh, no well it's good to be wildcats no you know it's you have a lot of money if you throw wildcats but you have you have to grab something that makes a, a, an original work what what you're doing because for example I, I i i don't draw cute people i can't i, I it's very difficult for me it's a uh, and and I believe it's for my 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 situations when I was a kid. No, well, all all the things I read, all the things I saw. Um, so I, I believe that that's the the the, the best. I, I don't know. It's it's a good advice, but I believe that's it's 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 for an, an ori- for, for for making an original work. It's different if you want to work in, in, in some something else, you know. If you want to draw Spider-Man, well, maybe you have to. No, no, I, I, I have nothing bad to say about Spider-Man. It's a little worrying, sorry, but it's... Uh... <laughs> no, it's, but you, you have to... to you have to eat. It's, yeah, that's yeah. what I always call it. Is, is you start to feel burned out, like you've been putting too much out there. You've got to bring new things in, you know, even if they read, not consume. No, you see, read, not not consume th- something. It, you have to read. It's, uh, read it's like more uh, a reflect. Uh, it's a reflection uh, over uh, um, something. If you consume mm-hmm. something, it's well, it's nothing. It's you. You, you forget about that uh, in a few days. So it, it's uh, sorry if it's okay that the answer. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's yeah, perfectly fine. I mean, like it's everybody brings a different perspective, and that that's what I'm trying to get from it. You know, is 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 your own both of your unique experiences because everybody brings a different voice to it, and I. Actually, love the, the illustration of eating because I I've always thought of it in terms of digestion because digestion mm-hmm. takes time, you know. You're absorbing it, you know, and it becomes a part of you and it fuels you. So that's. Excuse me a moment. Only a moment. Well, artists. I, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. That's what editing's for. I can make a note. <laughs> We can cut that oh, part. No, you have to leave this sorry, here. sorry, sorry. I, I, no, no. The, the, I got another engaged. So no, no it's but, okay. Uh, I, I was trying to to remember the the these four verses and and from uh, Pronceda, and it was more like uh, let me let me see if I can translate it with my horrible English. It it, it uh, that my boat, it's my treasure. That my song, it's to be free. My law, the power of wind, me, my only country, the sea. Okay, that that something Ooh. like something like that. Yeah. I want to. I want to hear it. I don't know, but I was trying to. No, it's, no, it's, it's great. Better in Spanish, but <laughs> I want to hear it in Spanish. I want to because that that's the eloquence. So okay, say it in, say es mi bada con mi tesoro, es mi dios la libertad, mi ley. La fuerza del viento y mi única patria, la mar. Ah, that's beautiful. There we go. So nice. So what other projects do you both have cooking that you can talk about, of course? Oh, um, my first animated show that I show ran is uh, coming to Netflix in December. So keep yeah. your eyes out. Wow, bravo. Yeah, congratulations. That's amazing. So yeah, it's called Dragon Age Absolution. Um, it is not for kids. Please do not let kids watch the show. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was a blast to make. Awesome. We'll look out for that. Pablo, what, you got anything else you're working on? 
I'm still working on a book for for France called The Good Company. Okay. Which is uh, beautiful. And I have to do this, the the third one. uh, I'm finishing the second one, uh, the third uh, book of uh, Sea Serpent. But where can everyone find you both online? Well, it was a Not, pleasure. Uh, we, uh, you can find me at mscottwriter.com. I put out a newsletter. Uh, otherwise, I have abandoned the internet. It's I don't blame you. Too crazy. <laughs> That's quite I, all right. I, I have my Instagram. It's the only thing I maybe I put some drawings. It's Paula Tunica. You know, it's my name. I'll hit you up on Instagram then. Well, The Sea Serpent, uh, Air Book One, Pirate's Daughter is out now. I, I certainly hope we've done enough to convince everybody that they should go pick it up. Um, I, I I loved it. I can't reiterate enough um, how, how great I think it is that universally, you don't, you know, maybe it's marketed, you know, more as a middle grade kind of thing. But I, I think it's got a, a beautiful universal you know, message to it. And um, I hope everybody goes out and grabs it. Um, and I'm already looking forward to book two, which what was the, the release schedule for book two? September, 2023. That will be Sea Serpent's Air Black Wave. Awesome. Wow. Well, big thanks to both of you for joining me today. Uh, this is Byron O'Neill on behalf of all of us at Comic Book Yeti. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.